Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene right here on WGWG.org, WGWG Radio. And if you're watching uh, through TV, that is C19 TV and Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, we appreciate you spending time with us uh, right here uh, each week uh, as we dive into the world of cinema. Uh, very happy today to have a special guest, Angus McFadden. Uh, really appreciate your career in film. It is a, a long career in uh, film and TV and stage and uh, in writing as well. Uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, you're welcome. It doesn't feel long. It feels like the blink of an eye. It feels like I just started yesterday, and I'm like, where did all of that go? Well, I guess when you find something that you love and you find something that you're good at, that time does go by, and you are good at this, and it seems like you really love what you're doing as well. I, uh, I, I mostly love it. Sometimes you've got to pay the bills. Um, but even then, you know, you, you try to uh, improve whatever it is you're doing and, and uh, you know, and live with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about how you develop this love of acting uh, and this love of, of, of entertainment. Uh, where did this all start with you? Well, I mean, I, I, I did um, some theater in, in high school and, uh, I, you know, I, um, um, I was a pretty shy kid, but when I started doing the plays, suddenly everybody, I became very popular in school. So I guess that, you know, I went from being the outcast weirdo to very popular in an instant, uh, just from playing Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Uh -huh, yes. Went, well, this, this isn't too bad. Maybe I should continue with this. So, but then uh, it was actually, um, it was really, uh, this was the 70s for me, so late 70s. And, and, you know, that was the golden age of, American and uh, a lot of European cinema, and I uh, fell in love with uh, with those movies, um, such as Taxi Driver and Mean Streets and Apocalypse Now and Manhattan and uh, um, The Conversation. Being there, these were like the, they still are the greatest movies which have ever been made. Uh, Midnight Cowboy, The Graduate. Yes. Um, but there was one performance in particular it was uh, Al Pacino in The Godfather. And the, the move from this sort of the innocent to the corrupt. Um, and it was really done with very little dialogue. And I think it was, the, it was that. It was that you could sort of see a person emote and think without saying a thing. And it was the scene where he, he's, he takes the gun and he's going to shoot the, the, the uh, captain of the New York police force. And, and, um, and you just sort of, the camera just slowly moves in on his eyes and you can see them welling up with emotion. And, and, and blinking and, and I was like, oh, that's the kind of acting which I really want to do. So it was that moment. And so how did you pursue that? What was it that led you in that direction that you said, okay, I want to do that. I want to make that happen. Talk about those steps as you tried to make that happen. Well, it was quite a long and torturous one because um, while I loved it and everything, I, I still sort of, for some reason, went on a, on a different path in, in some way because I went to university, but I was, uh, uh, I was intent on doing theater anyway on the side, but I was, I was at university. I was studying um, politics, international relations. I was going to go into, into that field. And I was just walking, I was doing this, this, this course and it was six weeks in a, a voice in my head just went, don't do this anymore do something else, just walk away from this. And, and I kind of stopped in my tracks. I went, 
uh, what's that? What? And, and then I went, okay. And I listened to it and I, I changed my course six weeks in um, to English and French literature and language. And I, and I started focusing much more heavily on, um, uh, for example, uh, theater. You know, I did 35 plays in the four years I was there. Wow. So I was really, you know, I put theater ahead of my own studies, but I got my degree and everything. It was just that, you know, it was, you didn't need to do that much except read some books to pass those courses. Um, and and um, I'm glad I made the choice because I would have ended up as a, as a probably in the Labour Party um, around the time of the Iraq war. And, you know, those guys all basically sold themselves out for party politics and for power and prestige. And they lied their way into into an illegal war, and um, and I would have I would have had to make a choice at that point between a career and and my soul, um, you know, being eternally damned. So I'm glad I I went with you know being an actor, which is also being a liar, but it's it has less worldwide consequences than being a politician. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, and it's and it's one of those uh, one of those jobs you get paid to lie, you get get paid yeah. to be someone else, um, and yeah. you can make an impact on the lives of others in ways that maybe you never thought of before. And and I love how you talked about that moment where it clicked with you that you realized there was a direction you wanted to go, and you pursued it. And I think there are many times in our lives or everyone's lives at some point in their life where they have some, some time that hits them uh, like a brick out of the sky or a light bulb that clicks that says, yes, I need to do this. And many people don't have um, the courage to take that risk at times because sometimes it is a risk. And, uh, and I'm sure yeah. that you, you realize that this was a risky, uh, risky chance you were taking to pursue this dream. Yeah, and and uh, and um, you know it was a, it's a, it's like probably the riskiest profession of the of them all because it, you're, it's the constant um, you're in a constant state of insecurity. You don't have job um, safety in, in any form whatsoever. You know, um, unless you're a, a, you know a, a movie star who who gets a, a, a twenty year. I mean, even movie stars probably last ten years. You know. So it's a really short period, and, and unless you're, you've got longevity, you're you're lucky enough to to um, to get the the breaks, you know. Um, so it's a very very risky thing. I don't I don't really I don't I'm not a, a gambler in any way, you know. I know people are addicted to to other things as as an adrenaline as adrenaline junkies, but you know. All my adrenaline is in the is in the the gamble of my life, which is you know, am I ever going to get another job after this one? I was uh, back in 1991. I was working with uh, some folks on the movie Last the Mohicans, and yeah. uh, that period piece. I remember talking to some some filmmakers who had, you know, they had been doing this for a long time, and uh, I was a college student, and I had an opportunity. Uh, to do this as an internship, and then they they hired me on to to work with the assistant directors. But I remember hearing them say, you know, this is a very nomadic lifestyle. You you travel around from place to place, and you're really not sure where you're going to go next, uh, unless you like you said, unless you are a movie star. Uh, you yeah. you you uh, you network, you you build this community, and you you try to connect and find out where you can go and. I think you really, you kind of hit what they were talking about all those years ago. 
Yeah, uh, and, or unless you're on a TV show. Right, right, yeah. And in seven years, I hit TV show. And you've had a chance to work in theater and film and in television. Do you find uh, that you prefer one over the other, or, or where do you find that you find the most joy? Um, I would say it depends on the, on the material. Uh, uh, it's really fun going from film to film because you get to to put on a different pair of shoes each time, as it were, or a different, yeah. a different wardrobe, study a different period in time. But but there's also something to be said for when you get a really great, I did I did the show Turn where I played Robert Rogers, this mercenary soldier. And and it was just so much fun to, to play that guy for several years, you know, and um, and get some really wonderful meaty scenes and, and just, you know, explore that guy for, for a while. So I suppose it just depends on the character you, you're lucky enough to get. So what is it that draws you to characters? Are there certain things or is it the story or is it a little of both? Um, I think that they've got to be conflicted characters, the human condition, you know, that they portray that in some way. Um, you, you know, I mean, that's, I suppose, why playing not necessarily, you know, very one-dimensional heroes is, is, is not that interesting. You know, it's, it's more interesting if you're playing a character who isn't a hero, who then, through the circumstances of the story, becomes one, which sort of brings me to Robert the Bruce, because the, that's the story, for example, of an aristocrat who's a, landed, uh, a landowner, wealthy, and he has his ambitions for becoming the king. You know, he's never met a, uh, an actual peasant or a Scots person in his life, but he'll, he damn well wants to run the country and, you know, have all of the wealth which uh, coincides with it. And in, in, that, in that journey, he, you know, which, for which he's responsible for the deaths of so many uh, people who fight for him, um, he he loses again and again, and he's 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 um, he's basically um, uh, rendered. He's humbled by uh, his his journey and rendered into nothing. And uh, he's he's a fugitive on the run with a price on his head, and he's he goes to a cave to in one of those moments, you know, the uh, the, the the metaphorical death moment, uh, and sees a spider trying to spin its web and and takes. The message from that, when the spider finally succeeds, is that you know, if you if you don't succeed at first, try try again, which is a famous mythical story of Robert the Bruce, and he comes out of that cave a, a changed man. He, he, you know, this is where the, the hero is born. The man dies, and the skin is shed, and the hero is born, and uh, the mythology uh, with it. And seven hundred years later, we still talk about him long after his bones are dust, um, and. Uh, and, and also that story in that the story as it's concocted in this version of the film, he, his life is saved because he's wounded by these peasants who have a farm who, who are dirt poor, have nothing. All of their husbands and, and all the fathers who ran it are all dead fighting for either William Wallace or Robert the Bruce. And it's these children who are basically left with this mother. And there's this man who they recognize as the king, but he's got a price on his head. And now their lives are in danger. So it's a great high noon kind of story with a mm -hmm. conflict, you know, where, where you know it's heading to conflict because when the snows melt, these very war-hardened uh, bounty hunter men are coming for this guy and they're probably going to die. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of character I like to play. And I also love medieval movies and, and historical 
things because you get to dress up a bit and because the language is more heightened and it's not, you know, a guy in a suit or, uh, you know, talking realistic modern language. Right, right. Well, this is a, a, a story and a character you're, you're quite familiar with, Robert the Bruce, and the, the new film uh, is, uh, is out, and uh, audiences will get a chance to see it, but it's not the first time they've seen you in this. Talk about why you wanted to continue uh, this, uh, this character that, that many uh, got to know, wow, in 95 with Braveheart. Yeah. Yes, 95, and it was my first uh, big Hollywood movie. I really didn't have a career which was going anywhere. I, I once again, hadn't worked for nine months um, when when the opportunity came up. And, you know, the character was written in that film, Robert the Bruce was a very arrogant young man. And um, and here we revisit it. it I, basically, when the film finished, I was walking around uh, talking to people, saying, you know, the... The, the film didn't just end with William Wallace dying, you know, that Robert the Bruce then fought on for seven more battles over seven years. And, and he uh, eventually, you know, freed Scotland and became the king and was a great king. And nobody really wanted to know. And I was like, okay, well, I'll write the script anyway. Maybe we can see if, if that works. And so I got together with a friend of mine and we sat down for a seven week period and hammered out this original script. And then we hold it down for another year, four years. So 2006 to 2010, we had this script as it presently exists. It was a, you know, a humble little script, which wouldn't take too much money to make. And then it still took seven years to make it. And, and so that, that journey in itself was like living Robert Bruce's journey because I, I was humbled myself and beaten down. And I, I, in the end, in despair and crawled off into a cave of doubt and thought, wow. I'm never going to make this movie. And it's never going to happen. And then out of nowhere, a couple of years ago, somebody just happened to read it who was on a film with me and said, I know a guy whose film has just fallen through and he's got one and a half grand, a million in the bank and maybe we can make the movie um, if he likes it. And it turned out he was a Braveheart fan, this, wow. this director. And, um, and he said, I love this uh, script, let's make it. And three months later, we were in the mountains of Montana having built... Uh, an entire village, uh, uh, a farm, and a church, wow. for, in which I could slit the throat of the of the of John Common. Uh, we were shooting in in brutal winter weather because we needed the winter. Yeah. So it went like that, you know, from nothing to from despair to wow, we've actually won the 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 battle. Uh, <coughs> funny how these things happen. It is, and you know, this is this is a film that uh, talk about the detail. Uh, you have been on period films before, as you mentioned, with with Braveheart and others, but recreating this this place and this time, uh, and and doing it with uh, the production design, the costumes, uh, and, and everything else. That is a monumental task to do a period film. So talk about some of uh, of that, and if there are any uh, any folks that you wanted to to mention that you were yeah. particularly pleased with uh, as far as bringing that visual aspect to life. Well, you know, we that, that this film was the hardest shoot I've ever been on in twenty five years, and and you know, it, it really it really does come down to the you know I can't I, I can't I don't want to single out any single person because it wasn't it, it was. I mean, day one, we, we drove to work up towards the mountain and the road 
in front of us disappeared because of the blizzard and the, wow. and the snow just basically covered the road and we couldn't we couldn't get to we couldn't find it we had to go back to the hotel day two was 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 no better we got to the bottom of the mountain and then we we tried to get up the mountain and of course all the cars started sliding up and down the road so we realized we needed snow tires you know it was there was and, and we only had eight hours a day to shoot because of the winter light which is beautiful it's always magic hour but you've only got eight hours so we were so far behind by the end of the, the, the first week that you know and it was so brutally cold uh, out there um and we just didn't have the equipment and the and the funds to to even have heating in our trailers or running water so wow. you know we, we were taking a, a dump and 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 peeing in the snow outside the trailer, you know. We were living like medieval people uh, at the time, you know. We, the, the, the warming tents were colder than outside, inside than out. Um, yeah. We just had enormous problems, but the team, um, you know, stayed, to, stayed really tough. And we had, so, you know, people, people showed up because they loved this script yeah. and they worked for nothing. And, and they showed up weeks and weeks and weeks before we even shot. And we were all there getting ready to do this. We, as I said, the, the, the actual village and the, and the church were built out of, you know, they were built for real. They weren't fake things. They were built out of real rock. And that they, we had a real fireplace in there. You know, you could actually live in it. Wow. Uh, um, uh, you know, same with the costumes. Uh, we, 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 you know, there was no wearing a pair of boots, you know, uh, like in Braveheart. You, the, our costume designer, Vicky Ann, wanted the, the real thing. So she... And she was pretty much alone doing it all, um, staying up 20 hours a day, barely sleeping. Um, she was sewing all of these boots together with real leather, you know, and everything was, was basically material that you would only have been able to get at that time. And of course, by week eight, with, with the kind of shoot we had, she was wandering the corridors of that um, little hotel in Montana, and she really did look like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I would go, hello, Vivian, how are you? And she would go, hello. And she had this, just, she was all covered in dark. She hadn't, she hadn't showered in weeks. She was, uh, she was the version of Jack Nicholson, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the female version. Um, who else can I talk? It just, you know, it's, it's difficult to mention any, to pick people out. It's just that we, everybody came together as a team and we had uh, the director, Richie, Gray had a very good idea that was to play a, play the um, some dailies at the end of the week on a Saturday night uh, in the bar, and that would raise everybody's spirits a bit wow. because everybody was so frozen and exhausted and sort of like we, you know, in some ways we'd never get our week, um, and um, but that moment would like have, bring tears to people's eyes and people would go, we're actually making a pretty good movie. This is actually coming together. And, and then we'd have a few drinks and we'd, you know, fall into our beds and, and be up the next morning at six and out into the, into the, uh, into the ice. It was, uh, and the toughest shoot I've ever done, but uh, also the most memorable. Yeah. That's the thing is when you can actually see the progress and you can see the labor um, coming, the fruits of your labor coming to life. And, uh, you know, this is a, a piece that has been with you for so long. This character has been with you for so long. Yeah. So was it, it me around like a ghost, really. <laughs> I, I couldn't shake him, you know. 
he, he was like tapping on my shoulder for, for, for all this time going, I'm not leaving you. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And I leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now that you've done it, uh, now that you have uh, taken this story that has been with you and this character that has been with you for so long, and you've, you've finally been able to bring this chapter of his life to a close on film, what is that like for you now that you've been able to see that come alive and come to fruition? Um, it was very exciting. We, we got to take it to Edinburgh, my hometown, last uh, July for the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and we opened in the cinemas. There. And that was a very important thing that I, I really wanted to do in Scotland. So we did that. We, we got a lot of um, um, uh, kickback from the unionist press, which was, you know, ordered a bunch of propaganda and... Uh, uh, and I, you know, I'm not sure why there's not an Englishman in sight. The film is about Scottish civil war, Scots going after Scots, right. um, which you know any empire is really good at doing. It's turning against its people against each other, you know. Um, right. So that was the story which we were telling. So I, I wasn't sure why we were being called propaganda, but well, I have my I, my ideas. But anyway, um, it was really exciting. It's 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 very exciting now to have it come to America because I, I know there's a lot of Scots, Irish, Americans, you know, people who <clears throat> who've uh, who are immigrants from the old country and they've come to America and but still feel very deeply that they are Celts at heart and you know, um, and they loved Braveheart uh, an awful lot and you know I I uh, just wanted to you know, keep telling the story of Scotland, you know, Scot Scottish history is, is important. If you, if you can erase somebody's culture, you, you basically, you erase their soul. And right. it's been shown time and time again, if you can destroy the arts and the culture of a country, then basically you've, you've broken their spirit. And, and, you know, so it's important for Scots to tell Scottish stories, just as it would be for any, any culture to be able to tell their stories. And so I'm just glad to be able to, to still do it. Well, I'm happy that you were able to do it as well. Uh, I, when I was younger, I had a lot of red hair on my head and yeah. I've got a lot less of it now, but uh, my family, uh, definitely the Scotch-Irish and uh, O'Manon was uh, the family name that was brought over and then it became Manning uh, as we, uh, we stayed here in, in America. Yeah. And so I am drawn to, uh, to films that tell history and films that tell history of Ireland and Scotland as well. And I'm thankful that you've been able to bring this to life and what an amazing film as well. Uh, visually, we talked about the, the production design, the costumes, but it was yeah. beautiful, beautifully shot. What an amazing cast. Yes. Um, and the action sequences, everything just really clicked on this film. And I can see uh, why it took uh, a lot out of you to produce this film because it showed on that cut and uh, I'm just thankful that, uh, that you've been able to take this dream and bring it alive for others to see. And uh, if, if people are wanting to check this movie out, what are the best ways they can find Robert the Bruce? Well, at the moment, it's a VOD and iTunes on Apple TV. Um, it's number one worldwide um, uh, as we speak, which I, I, I'm sort of shocked and, and, uh, and, and very excited by um, because I didn't expect that um, and that's in pre-sales worldwide pre-sales it's been um, everybody's uh, wanting to see it so I'm very excited 
that people are, are going to watch this. Um, we're also doing one of those Twitter events on Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, a, a Twitter watch party with anybody who wants to, to, to join it. You just have to hashtag Robert the Bruce. Um, and, um, and then it comes out on, on DVD, I believe, in June. And anybody who's in the UK, it's already on Sky TV there, and it's on uh, Amazon and the DVDs. But that's just for you know European use. The DVDs are out there. So um, I, I was very pleased with the with the kids. You know, the, those children were born and bred Los Angeles, and their accents were impeccable. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, was, they were incredible. It was great. It was great. Well, uh, I I uh, was telling some friends about this uh, interview and. And they said, okay, what if I've never seen Braveheart? And so yeah. I, gave, I gave them my answer, but I want to ask you, because they said, well, ask, ask Angus if they've never seen Braveheart, can they still watch this movie and appreciate it? I gave them my answer, but what know. is your answer? I had, I had never thought of that because I didn't know anybody hadn't seen Braveheart. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, I mean, I know there are some people out there, and, and if they haven't seen it, they probably won't want to see this. So I, I wouldn't know what to say to that. What did you say? I said absolutely. Uh, you know, it had been a, a, a while since I watched Braveheart, even though I remembered the story. But I said, you know, I'm going to watch this fresh with just knowing the, the backstory. And it was, it was I, I did not need to watch Braveheart in order to appreciate it, in order to understand it. And uh, I think uh, you as a writer did an amazing job making that happen and the director being able to pull that together. So uh, yeah. my answer is no, you do not have to see Braveheart first, but I would recommend watching Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, watch Braveheart anyway. Absolutely. I say the, difference, the difference between the two films is one uh, in some way, you know, glorifies violence and war and, and this film does not glorify it. it it's more a, it's more, a, you know, it looks at the consequences of violence and what it, what it does to families and how it tears families apart. So there's, there's, a, there's um, that, I think that's the fundamental difference. Um, Absolutely. Without sounding too preachy about it, I, I just don't particularly, you know, like the war zones. It's simple as that. Absolutely. Well, uh, if there are any final thoughts that you would like to share with our audiences here, uh, Angus McNaden, uh, what would that be? Well, I just, you know, uh, stay safe in, during this time. I know people are, are climbing walls going crazy because it's, it's hard to self-isolate. But, you know, the, uh, as, as somebody who played Robert the Bruce, uh, he self-isolated for <laughs> months and months in a cave. You know, and if, you're, if, you're, if you've got good Scots-Irish blood, you can, you can follow in his footsteps. And stay indoors until you know uh, at least the the, the initial uh, uh, strain is is out and about. I, I think I had this thing last year. Um, wow. I think it's been around for a long time because yeah. I I had uh, I, I had the symptoms of the the incredible body aches and mm. the exhaustion and the dry cough. Luckily, it didn't go to the lungs, but uh, this thing is brutal. Yeah. So you know, people should be afraid. It's you know, uh, it, it's it's not it's not nice yeah well we uh you are nice and we do appreciate you taking the time to be with us today because i know you're busy but uh i really appreciate you sharing a little of your life and a big chunk of your life with this story of robert the bruce and uh thank you so much for your time today. Awesome. really appreciate it 
it's, it was a pleasure. Thank you for, uh, it was great talking to you. Angus McKnighton, our Thanks guest right too. here on Cinema Scene on WGWG and C19 TV. We appreciate you spending time with us. And until next time, that is a wrap.